Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. Hope you guys are doing well here with Randy, who spoke on Sunday. A couple of announcements. One is this Friday at 6 p.m., there's a potluck. It's part of our summer series of trying to connect with one another. All the information you can find on one of our social media platforms. It's either on Facebook or on Instagram. Is it on our website, too? We need to, no, there's no calendar out there yet, but we'll, okay. we'll get it. We'll get something up there. Okay. Anyway, this Friday at uh, Ben and Kristen Klinger's house. Uh, hope you guys can make it. If you can, there's some information there. You can uh, DM us and let us know if you can make it. And we can uh, have Ben maybe shoot you out some information of what to bring. I think I'm supposed to bring like a side dish, which Corrine is in. San Diego, so asking me to do a side dish means I'll probably stop at Juan Pollo, get some rice, something like that. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. If I can make it, hopefully you guys can too. Um, and then even if you can't bring anything, just come. We just really want to connect with one another again. And of course, Sunday mornings here at 10 a.m., we are live and we are in the building. We have a canopy outside, but really it's just for afterwards when people uh, disperse and they can kind of go outside and hang out uh, together. Uh, a little bit of shade, free from the elements. But for the most part, it's kind of hot out there, so we're inside with the air conditioning and invite you to join us. Um, and that's about it I can think of for announcements. Um, I know we have other things going on. We have an Art for Artists uh, thing happening next week. Again, uh, there's information on that on different people's social media. It's kind of one of these things where if you go, you got to participate, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, really, you think about the church. Each one of you has a song. Each one of you mm -hmm. has, you know, everyone's supposed to participate. And so this is kind of forcing that issue. So if you come, you either have to share something, you have to play some song, you have to whatever it is you're artistic if you're a cook come and make something and we'll eat it. Um, and that's, uh, I think, happening Tuesday. But anyway, Randy shared Sunday and uh, it was a great talk. Really appreciated it. I listened to it a couple of times. If you haven't, please go to the podcast or again on YouTube and listen to it. Um, let me start off. You, you started off, Randy, kind of talking about uh, uh, your experience it's kind of funny when you were sharing your history it's like yeah i did that yeah i did that <laughs> i was a worship leader yeah i was a youth pastor yeah i was you know all these things i don't think i lived in a home but otherwise everything else i was like yeah me too um <laughs> but you shared that you went on tour for like three months and after that you came back and you didn't give details about what happened but you said you came back with an understanding that the box that god was in was too small yeah um, you know, I don't want you to share any details that you don't want to share, but what was it that was too small? Can you share something about what about God was too small after yeah. that time? A, a couple of things. So it was, it was only three weeks, not three months. Oh, okay. It's a very short span <laughs> for, for all of, you know, these ideas that I've held onto so tightly to come kind of crumbling apart, uh, which was, you know which is part of why it was such a profound time for me. But yeah, three um, weeks on the road could be an eternity. Yeah, it felt like that. <laughs> and there was a lot of, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't, uh, there's just a lot of weird stuff that happened. Okay. But so uh, I was on tour with uh, an artist who um, is uh, uh, both, um, uh, I 
think, you know, fairly well known in the Catholic Church. As he's written, he's written parts for the mass people use all hmm. over the country. Um, and he's also written like more uh, poppy type songs that mm-hmm. the people use or that um, he's so, so he sells on CDs or now it's iTunes, whatever. Um, and he's that, but he's also and I think uh, I've known him for a long time. There wasn't like an audition. It was just like, hey, I need a guitar player. I'd like it to be you. Can you mm-hmm. make it? And I was like, let me see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, got no job, no income. Yes. Um, and so I went. And uh, over the years, he's increasingly kind of done this. Um, he's all he's he's part Native American. If I if you were to talk to him, you would never guess because he's blue eyed and mm-hmm. you know fair skin and the whole bit. But he. Um, really takes that part of his, his heritage seriously. And I think it's been kind of a, there's been some of this uh, a conundrum probably with his faith and with his uh, Native American upbringing. Okay. And uh, because, you know, the Catholic Church wasn't always kind to indigenous people. <laughs> and like having to bring those worlds together, yeah. I think he sees that as his, his mission. Hmm. Interesting word to use. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, because of that, and, and him and I have always had deep theological conversations, uh, and he's one of the guys, you know, they would call me and say, hey, what does the Bible say about this? You know what I mean? And so we would have those kinds of talks all the time. Uh, on this trip, I think I, was, I wasn't prepared for uh, the, the amount of mysticism that had become hmm. part of who he is. And so that was, I guess, you know, in a roundabout way, that's kind of one of the big things that mm-hmm. that threw a wrench in, in my work. <laughs> so, I mean, Tommy, if I'm hearing you correctly, you you saw God at work in this other arena that before was kind of off the radar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was not just through conversations with this gentleman. It was through places we stayed. We, uh, you know, places that you wouldn't think, you know, I'm a, I'm a rock guitar player, right? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that, like, you know, we're going on tour, we're going to stay at this monastery for a few nights and this retreat campground kind of thing out in yeah. the middle of nowhere. You know, and it was, there's lots of alone time. There's lots of uh, people that I wouldn't normally probably have these conversations with. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there was a lot. There was a lot that happened kind of in that short span that, that made me just go, man, I, I was certain, you know, I mean, prided myself. Yeah. And and I, I hope that didn't come across on Sunday. I was thinking about it after the fact that I said, you know, I've been I've done this. Yeah, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to gloat and be like, look, but I've done all these great things over twenty five years. Yeah. What I was saying is, I've I've sunk my life into this twenty five years, and in three weeks, I was like, what? The what? Heck? Yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like I know less for certain. Yeah. Than I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, it didn't come across that way to me. I mean, it came across. Well, I related to so much because I felt like that's the same path I took where it was all about having all the answers, yeah. right? And tying a bow on every, you know, question that was there. Okay, that's a question there. I tied a bow on that. I fixed that one. I've answered that one. I've answered that one. And, and so that systematic and, theology becomes... Yeah, and because you know, at some point those answers start to work together, right? Mm-hmm. And then you really feel like, oh, yeah, this yeah. all makes sense. It's it's so It's so, you know... Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you find that happen with cultures, too, right? When you leave your culture, like the United States, 
and you go and stay at a place like Haiti. And we need to pray for Haiti, too. The prime minister was assassinated today. And so uh, pray for our friends and those who are there because there's already so much turmoil in Haiti. And who knows what this unrest will bring. Crazy time. Uh, But you go to a place like that and all of a sudden you realize that people live differently. People interact differently. There's a whole way of seeing the world that you didn't see it in, right? And there's a way that they encounter God that you haven't encountered God. And it almost seems like the more you interact with various people, the bigger your God has to become, Mm. right? Because in this culture, you find God showing up but it's different than how he showed up to you. Is that kind of yeah. what happened? Yeah. And, and like I said, it took, it, it wasn't like this immediate thing. Immediately I was uncomfortable, right? Like I, mm-hmm. because, because I, uh, through conversations, through even incidents that, that occurred or even through quiet time, I started to feel challenged. And my immediate reaction wasn't, wasn't like, Oh man, I've got it all wrong. My immediate mm-hmm. reaction was just like, what's going on? You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but over the following weeks, I think I just things started to chip away. Yeah. And I, and I thought I've, I've got to have bigger eyes on this, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. A friend of mine on Instagram posted something about if people are going, she reposted something that someone else posted about if someone is having a uh, struggle with faith, I forget if they said a, a crisis of faith or a struggle with faith or questions about their faith, you know, it talked about going easy on them and just being aware because it's a, a gentle time. And I immediately thought and responded that most of the time when I find people are questioning their faith, it is because the God they have believed in is too small for the life they now want to live. Right. And, and so the questioning of faith is shaking things up because you're seeing a bigger world than your box before. Yeah. And now you're having to kind of readjust that, you know, um, I think we see that with Paul in acts when he goes to Athens. Yeah. Right. In chapter 17. Yeah. I mean, Paul is just like walking through the city, walking through the marketplaces, going to the synagogues. He's like all over the place. And then that account, you know, on the Areopagus when he, you know, is brought there before these people. Let's hear about this. And he just shares those things. It's so amazing what he reaches and pulls in to his presentation of Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, he's reaching into their culture because he was familiar with their culture. And he's showing God is here and God in him we live and move and have our being as your own poets have said, right? Those things. And I've always thought about that aspect of, well, if he's seeing God here, why can't we see God in those other places like where you saw him, you know, showing up at a, you know, maybe in this monastery or a reservation or whatever, right? Um, Those kinds of places and it shows up. Now, with that, from there you went into John's description of God. Sorry about that. Uh, Ring. Um, 
that description of let me just turn that off so we don't have that interruption again with that description of god is love and you went into the agape and things like that um was that part of the shaking up and the things that took place was it a revelation of love it was it was for me like uh and, and in all of this i think that even you know um in, in your story and in a lot of people because a lot of people came up to me to talk afterwards and said that this resonated because mm. you know we're we're all in some sort of state of transition right right um i think even as a church even as a community because covid happened and now we're like okay where do we how right. do things that everything's in transition <clears throat> the the scripture in john for me was like this is like let's get back to like what's really basic right when mm -hmm. we like this we know <laughs> yeah this is kind of the core things yeah. yeah yeah and so i think that's that's why it drew me you know in and this idea that uh you know it's it's very basic it's it's very like anybody can maybe um read that and, and have it resonate but it's also such a challenge and, and so much deeper hmm. you know so and i feel like that's that's where we're at that's where i'm at i feel like there's a place where the the church is kind of in that same territory right and and in that passage we talk about john is really calling us to because you give the different definitions of love you talk about phileo eros agape and storage and you kind of explain that and here john is talking about agape this sacrificial this selfless love and you kind of go into that description and you just throw out the question do i love anybody like that right, right? and john is calling us to uh quote steve when we're a higher love right he, he's just kind of <laughs> calling us to this place where we need to see god is here and this is what this looks like right god looks like this kind of love that we have to ascribe to yeah um how has that shaped your view of the box i guess and how has it expanded you know what you've saw or thought before you know from from where you were back as the youth pastor as the assistant pastor as the lead pastor and having all these things together how is this understanding of this higher love of this god who yeah. is agape changed your view of that box well um first of all i became aware that i was boxing god in the first okay. place because i don't know that i did that intentionally mm -hmm. i i literally thought i was knowing him well and more you know what i mean and and like and 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 to that end you know like i kind of you know <laughs> on my arm if i could paint a little tiny box on my arm that's kind of what i was doing like i knew that box really well but that was just one little tiny part of who god is yeah you know what i mean but i was just hyper focused on this little square yeah you know, square inch maybe it was i don't know what i was doing but but yeah so um and this you know uh having to take a step back and realize like Oh my gosh, I've been looking at, you know, the tail fin, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But there's a whole fish. Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. I don't, uh, I think it's, it's almost impossible for me to want to build a box again, even mm -hmm. if it's bigger, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, 
know all I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of, there's a, that, I think I maybe brought this up on Sunday too, where it's like, when you, when you have, you know, when, when I met Bree, it's not like I knew everything about her. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew a little bit that she told me about her, who she was and her past and everything. But I was so enamored with her that like, I didn't like, I'm, I'm willing to like go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I want to be part of this forever and like, I'll learn as much as you as I can every day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel now with yeah. my relationship with God. It's, it's not, you know, it's like this, I don't need to know it all. Right. And I can't know it all. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I don't think I ever thought, well, yeah, now I know it all. I always had this air of humility. I think, um, even though I was very arrogant, you know, you mentioned that, you know, there was this kind of pride involved with that. And I definitely felt that having all these answers, even though I said, Oh, I don't know everything, but I felt like I knew enough to answer mm. whatever was out there, you know, which is it's just so stupid. But anyway, <laughs> seeing that and realizing, you know, for ourselves, um, the box that we have created, and not wanting to create another, because I didn't know I made a box before. I didn't know I put God in this box. Yeah. And my fear is, how do I know if I'm making another box, right? Because I could just go to a bigger box, right? Or a different box, different mm-hmm. color, different, you know, denomination box, whatever you want to call it. How? What are some things that you do to keep yourself from boxing God in? So... Man, I don't know. I don't know that I have a, a regimen or anything, but for me, it has a lot to to do with embracing mystery, hmm. yeah. and, and that's hard because, like, I'm a, like I like answers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really hard for for my wife because I know she's like, it just needs to make sense, you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> but but it's God, you know. I I take some. Uh, some peace in believing that it will make sense, mm-hmm. but I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure that it will, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I want to believe that. So I do, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I believe that this, this is all, there, there's, there's things that we don't understand that this makes sense somehow. And, and, you know, uh, but I do, I do, I try to just embrace, like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, uh, it makes things, it makes things harder. It makes, I mean, look, it makes you have to have faith. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I mean, that's what faith is. Yeah. Right? It's the not knowing, yeah. but still the trusting. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I, so you have to exercise that instead of just relying on what I studied and what I know to be true. Now I have to just be like, man, the wind blows where it will, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and that's where I, that's where I got to go. Hmm. And that, and that's not easy. I mean, you talked yeah. about, you know, security, right? Like a few weeks ago, we were just talking about like, this is, this is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. We want something that we feel is secure and it's really an illusion in our lives, you know, um, whether it's job, whether it's health, whether it's natural disasters, right? I mean, so much can happen that the idea of security, the way that we think of it, it's really an illusion in so many ways. Um, and so we don't think of it, so we just push it out of our mind and we try and build security in so many ways and, and find solace in that. Uh, you, you, did, you gave a great illustration about Hawaii, and just maybe long because I'm going to Gabe's wedding at the end of the <laughs> month. Um, but just you can read about Hawaii, you can watch videos, you can do all those things, but you haven't, and this is where you move to know, right, to experience. You haven't experienced it. Um, 
and that connection between this higher love and this experience is something that gets or I got a lot I actually used to push against right because it's not about your feelings it's not about your experience right it's about you know what God says it's about mm-hmm. the Bible what the Bible says it's not about you know you, we walk by faith, not by feelings, even though that's not what the scripture says. Right? <laughs> we use those things. We change it because we have this, you know, low image of experience and in a lot of places, not everywhere, but some places have this low, uh, you know, value of experience. Mm. Um, but here, this understanding of, you know, no God experience is kind of at the heart of that. Yeah. Right. Did you have a change from this knowledge of information to a transformation of an experience and trying to balance those two out? Yeah. Um, I, I used to get the same pushback, right, from from just people who uh, I think just kind of evangel. Uh, I won't say that. I just I, there's people who who just feel like we get carried away with our feelings, and there's probably some pushback against, you know, really hyper spiritual congregations yeah. that do things Pentecostal, right? Yeah. So um, and so that that's I think what there was fear that like oh we can't go that far because pretty soon you're going to be dancing up and down the aisles, right? Like, yeah. And I was always like. You know, yeah, <laughs> but, but at the same time, like God gave, this is part of being made in the image yeah. of God. Like he gave us feelings because he has feelings, right? And and so, you know, that's feelings. Experience is something else. Yeah. I, I think for me that I, I brought up that, uh, you know, Yonosko is, is the... It's the word that Mary used when she said, yeah. how can I, how can this be? Like, I can't, how can I be possibly be pregnant? Yeah. I have not had that experience yet. Yeah. And that to me is like, man, that's a, that's yeah. a deep way of thinking about this. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, that, yeah. that's pretty heavy word to use in this, you know, comparison here. Mary yeah. was talking about. Yeah. No, in the biblical sense. <laughs> that's how we would say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what this is, you know. So I feel like when, you know, we can read that, like, you know, you know, all the things that John says, particularly in first John kind of over and over again, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the darkness, the light. And then he says, uh, we can't say that we belong to him if we don't walk like he did. Like, these are all things that I'm like, it's almost like, uh, the sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. like where he's saying these things that you, you kind of go, I can't be, he, he might, he must be using hyperbole because it's, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we can't walk like Jesus. We can't, be. but that's really what he's saying. And he mm-hmm. kind of he kind of raises the bar on us. Yeah, yeah, he does that at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Because I know a lot of people interpret that as, you know, well, this is how we're going to live when we're in heaven, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, well, he says we're supposed to do this yeah. now, right? Yeah. This is the man who builds his life on the rock and, and who hears my word and does them is like this, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so there's an expectancy of us to experience him and it doesn't mean perfection doesn't mean get it all right get it all down but you gotta at least step in the water right you gotta at least go to hawaii you gotta at least you know get that sand in between your toes and and feel the the wind in your face kind of a thing you have to have some kind of connection and it seems like 
this idea of love and, and love is always bigger than just the person, right? It, it's for there to be a sacrificial love, there has to be a love that is sacrificed for, mm-hmm. right? So it's not just, oh, I love love, right? Just like I don't have faith in faith, right? We have faith in a person. We have love for people. And that is something that we can experience and step into so that we can know God. Yeah. It almost seems, and or has an element to, and just give me your feedback on this, that really, if you want to know God, the best thing you can do is to love people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, better than, I'm going to get in trouble here, right? Better than just studying, right? Better than um, knowing and memorizing scripture. That actually no one has seen God at any time, but we, when we love one another, have an experience of him. Yeah. Right. Your thoughts on that's just that. That's exactly what I, that's exactly how I read it. Right. Yeah. And I don't, you know, sometimes people go, oh, like <laughs> I've heard people say, as soon as you start telling me what the Greek word is, I'm just like, I tune out, <laughs> you know, and I don't mean to, you know, but but sometimes the words have so much more yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, it is, especially with something like to know something, because the same with believe, like I did a few weeks back, yeah. right? For us, yeah. believe means, oh, we think, right? And, and we have this idea of repentance is the outward and believe is the inward, when really, I think, as we see it in Bible, it's the opposite, Yeah. right? Repentance is what we do inwardly and believe is what we do outwardly yeah um and and that's a huge difference right and same thing with knowing if it's just assenting to a knowledge of and not a experiencing of that's a whole different ball game yeah yeah and and even in and agape too right because if you just read like you know we're supposed to love one another Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm nice to everybody, you know, like that's, it's, it doesn't have the same meaning or, or depth, I think. Um, because even, you know, that later that day, I, you know, we went to deliver the, uh, the gear bags, mm-hmm. the goodie bags to the police department out of love, but I don't even know them. You know right. what I mean? Like I don't have these deep emotional, uh, or even beyond emotional feelings for anybody that I was doing. This is just, this is, this is something we're doing to love yeah. on our community. And beyond that, I went to see my parents and, and, <laughs> and hung out with my family. And so there's this other, you know, um, there's this, there's this other kind of love that mm-hmm. we have there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in all our relationships, but when, when John says love one another, I would suspect him to mean like family type of love. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. Yeah. He's go the extra. And he uses love so many. I didn't count the times, but he uses it so many times in that, uh, in that short epistle. Mm-hmm. And every time it's a variation of agape. Mm. He never lets light. He never lets, lets us off the hook. Yeah. Right? It's always like, no, you're, <laughs> this is it, man. This is what you got to step into. Cause yeah. this, this is, I could use the word, the reality of God, right? This is the reality of who God is. And if you are going to say that you are belonging to him, then you need to look like how he looks. And yeah. This is what it 
it looks like. You know, I, I've gotten a lot of pushback from this passage too when I've talked about people who love in this way, sacrificially, just giving of themselves to people they don't know, and they aren't Christians, right? And so in my mind, well, these people don't know Jesus, but they sure love like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone saying, well, God is love, but love is not God. What are your thoughts just in that whole thing? I mean, I know there's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah. But and when I say love, I'm talking about this agape, right? When people show agape and we say that God is agape and someone says, yeah, but agape isn't God. Right. What are your thoughts just on all those? Things? I mean, uh, I mean, I think there, that's, there's truth to that. Like, you know, it's not one and the same. God mm -hmm. is, God is personified to us yeah. in the scripture. So we, and we have attributed much of, you know, what we think God mm -hmm. is on top of that. <clears throat> but I think, um, because the same in my life, I have seen, I have friends who, um, would say, you know, they're not believers. They're not followers of Christ or whatever term you want to use. They're not mm -hmm. Christian in in their mind. Um, but I've seen them do some incredible things for people without wanting to receive anything in return. Right. And yeah, I, I mean, what do you say to that when you read something like what John is telling us? Right. You say, I mean, I don't know how it all works out. Like this is, this is God's, yeah. this is God's thing, not mine. But that person looks a lot more like Jesus than a lot of Christians. I know mm -hmm. that person, I think, is a lot closer to God in a lot of ways Yeah. than, than, than me sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I know that um, my cousin, when her husband passed away, he died of cancer and he was young. Um, and I, I got to do the memorial service and, you know, we family vacationed with him so many times and he was just the most, He did more than I would have done in his circumstances. He was very, I mean, at that time we were very, um, I don't know, fundamental in our belief. We like no drinking, you know, so we'd go on vacation for two weeks by the river or at a lake or the beach. And we'd say, okay, no, we don't allow any alcohol here. And he used to drink. He wasn't a heavy drinker, but he used to drink. And he just said, okay, no pushback, right? No, like... Well, is it okay if I, you know, at least bring my own stash? You know, there there was nothing <laughs> like that. And I remember one incident where I borrowed a friend's jet skis because we were going to the lake. And we were so excited because we were going to have jet skis on the lake. And we got them in the water. And my two boys, I've told this story before, my two boys took them out. <laughs> and that first run, they crashed them into each other and sunk the jet skis, right? And... My first reaction when we got in his boat and went out to see them was, what did you do? His first response to them, are you okay? Yeah. And when he said that, my heart said, I should have said that. Now, to my credit, I knew they were okay. They were swimming and they were all right. They weren't like in pain, screaming or anything like that. But it's still, that should have been the first concern. 
right? And me, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I pay for two jet skis. <laughs> oh my gosh, and it was so much going on. But those kinds of things, to me, you know, helped me to see Christ in yeah. action, right? And so when I read these things, I think of Jeff. I, I think, yeah, Jeff was a lot like this. And, and he did give a great example of Jesus, even though he wasn't, quote, a Christian, right? And those are the, the struggles that I step into mentally and say, well, well, then what does it mean to be Christian, right? What does it mean to, you know, experience and know Jesus? Um, because maybe we can be knowing a history person and not experiencing what that person really is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did that for a long time. Like mm. I thought this was making me closer to God. Yeah. And, and, to, and, and, you know, to be fair, I saw God show up and I saw God move. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was, I, I think I was probably sincere mm -hmm. in, in, in my intentions, but, um, <clears throat> but those got away from me, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, it's a funny thing in, I don't know if it's still this way because I've not been in this for a number of years, but <clears throat> uh, church planning became like the sexy thing, right? Mm. Like amongst young evangelicals, this was yeah. like, if you do this, you know, you're yeah. how many churches. Have you <clears throat> yeah. And, um, and I got caught up in that too. So <clears throat> and that's not why I planted a church. I probably, I, I was, there was just a lot more resources at that time in my life than mm -hmm. there ever had been before. <clears throat> I went to, excuse me, <clears throat> when I had moved to Texas, I became part of a church plant there. And I think that was the beginning of God speaking to me about what, what was in store for me too, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, so I'm not saying that like God's not moving, you know, for people who are, in the books all yeah. the time or whatever. Like I know he does. Yeah. But, but for me, it was like putting the idols down was hard hmm. because they were so a part of my own culture. Yeah. And then still seeing God, you know, sometimes in, in the harder things of life than I had ever before. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's an important distinction because, you know, my understanding of Jesus has come through scripture, right? And it is inspired by God and is profitable in all those ways, you know, for correction, for reproving, for instruction. But it also, it has also become an idol, mm -hmm. right? For me in, in my studying of it. And so you don't want to, you know, say this is bad because it's not. I, I've gained so much and still do from the scripture, from, you know, the, the Bible. Um, and so I'm not trying to, I don't want to, you know, get rid of or say this is, because now I'm make, just making another box, right? I, I'm, I'm limiting what God can do through this knowledge of understanding and study and reading and through the text and through, you know, that kind of thing. I don't want to limit those things. I, I want it to be bigger. Yeah. Right. I, I want it to grow <clears throat> and just yeah. to be more inclusive to those other experiences. 
and, and it's hard because when you start experiencing things that were outside of your box and outside of your, you know, um, wheelhouse of what it was to be Christian, it, it shakes you up. At least it did me. Yeah. Right. It, it put a lot of unrest in me. And I said, wait a second, I got to I got to reevaluate all these things. And, and um, yeah, one point oh, right. I need to reevaluate these things. And sometimes uh, that's scary. Yeah. Right. Because that that means what am I going to come up with? And I don't know right? when everything shakes, what's going to be left? Yeah, I. I um, yeah. <laughs> same, same. I had um, uh, a friend of mine who was um, a student in my youth ministry who had years before I did, uh, you know, he was in my youth ministry, then he went to college and <clears throat> went through a period of deconstruction. And I remember he came, he would come back to me and tell me about what he was going through. And I was just like, thought he was crazy, right? Like, yeah. just thought, but he, as a, you know, 19, 20 year old. Yeah, went through what I went through way before me, and he was just. And I remember him saying, like, "But then if I move this step out of the way and I go down a step, and he's like, I'm not sure what's underneath." Yeah, like that's how, and that's how he explained it to me, and I and it yeah. stuck with me all these years because now I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I get that, and and it, like I've shared with you too, like I don't want to, I don't want to just knock things away for the sake of knocking things away. Yeah. I want to do it to have a clearer idea of who Jesus is. Yeah. And I feel like we've built up a lot of stuff around that. Mm-hmm. Um, not intentionally, with the best of intentions, maybe, right? Yeah. Over, over a lot of, over thousands of years. Yeah. And again, culturally, it's different, right? Yeah. Every culture has different boxes, really, that we find, I think. Um, and I still have mine. You know, I don't want to be blind to the fact that I still limit God. How can you not? Even when I try to embrace mystery and question and and be open minded, I still have things that get locked in. Of and, course, yeah. And hard to. Yeah. And it's not that that's even bad all the time. Sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes that's what God. That's like you have to have something to hold on to, and I think. Yeah. God's good with that. Well, I mean, I think that passage in John is one of those things. Yeah. It's like, man, you got to have this because if you don't have this, it all. Yeah. You know, it can go down the toilet. It can all be bad if this love isn't center. And I think that that's one of those things where you could say, okay, this is, this is really important. This is one of those things that have to stick and then how it plays out is going to be different. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so freeing to be able to experience God without fear of heresy. Hmm. Have you experienced that? Do you think, or am I, <laughs> am I way out in left field? I, I mean, no. I think that um, <clears throat> I think there's no there's no more important thing than to, you know, even for a community of believers to be able to ask what they're thinking, mm-hmm. right, and not be scoffed at right. or kicked out because we're all thinking different things right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe nobody has the answer. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> but I think that's important. I think it's, an, it's other, every, anything else is fake mm-hmm. and we're faking it. Yeah. And that's why we start building boxes. Yeah. And, and you think about those things. I mean, when 
when the message of Jesus went out to the Gentiles, right, it unraveled a whole bunch of people, right? Because that was one of their boxes that they were living in. And so when it went out to the Gentiles and the Gentiles started responding to this gospel, this good news, and started putting their life in line with the way Jesus lived, said, I want to follow this person, right? Because that's what I mean when we say, I, I believe in Jesus, right? We're saying, I'm going to live my life like he lived his life. I, I want to live in his truth and his teaching and his, you know, footsteps. When they started doing that, it, it shook them up. It's like, can they do mm-hmm. it? Yep. Hey, and, and that was <clears throat> yep. a box that just blew open and changed everything, right? Um, and I'm sure they thought Paul was a heretic, Mm-hmm. Right? How can you do this? How can you say this? Uh, I'm sure they thought Peter, you know, when he went to Cornelius's house, like, how could you do that? A Gentile, how could you talk about this vision you had of all this unclean food and God telling you it's okay, right? right to eat, you know, calamari now? It's like, <laughs> what what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Um, but having the freedom, and that's where going back to the freedom to know that God can work in all these different ways doesn't mean I just take them blindly and, you know, hook, line, and sinker everything that I hear. But there is a lot more ways to filter it than maybe the way some of us are used to. Yeah, I think so, too. I, th- I think that kind of going back to that, um, I mean, I should have brought up freedom because that's it was Fourth of July. Hmm. missed opportunity (laughs) but but i i think that you know again i think that's kind of what we started with but the fact that we're all you know if if we're if we're thinking about these things at all if we're thinking about who god is what it means to be a christian what it looks like to walk like jesus if we're thinking about those things at all and i hope i would hope that yeah. We do a little bit. Maybe I don't expect everyone that like this is what we you know, mm-hmm. do this all day long. And but this is this is important stuff, right? Because yeah. I just think like we're. I I think that there's there's so much of. Um, we get to where we get to because people are just willing to go along without thinking about it. Yeah, and um, if we are thinking about it, then we're definitely going to have questions because nothing, you know, as, as much as, uh, as much as we've tried to, or wanted to say, or have believed or have been taught that it's all very clear. Mm-hmm. It's really not that clear. Yeah. It's really, it's really difficult to, to understand. Yeah. But I don't, th- I, I think that's on purpose a little bit. I think we have to want to, it's like Jesus teaching in parables, mm-hmm. right? Like, why did he do that? Why didn't he just say what he wanted to say? Yeah. He wasn't a straight shooter. You know what I mean? Whatever he <laughs> wanted to say. He taught in parables because he wanted people to, to, to soak into it. Right. And, and, I, and like bring it in and, and do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't try and think. digest it. Yeah. And chew on it. See what, yeah, you think of it. Yeah. How does it fit in your life and your experience? And if we do that with a verse as simple as this, right? Hmm. And and we let it soak in and we're like, man, I don't love these people. Hmm. 
like I like like I'm yeah. supposed to, and at this at the expense of I'm not experiencing God like yeah. I want to. That's that's deep. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that I'm seeing more and more. I mean, a few weeks ago I talked about instead of thinking our way into a new way of living, maybe we should live our way into a new way mm. of thinking. Yeah, and this is kind of playing into that, right? If I love as Jesus love, I'll probably start thinking differently. Yeah. I'll probably start believing differently, uh, living out that life, right? And, and, and I think there's a, an aspect that is so important here that we can miss if we put the cart before the horse kind of a thing and say, yeah, it's all about you know, knowing Jesus and using that word in the different sense than the word was intended. Or, you know, you only really know God if you love like he yeah. loved, right? It, it forces us to reevaluate our lives, which I think it's supposed to, mm -hmm. right? I, I think it's meant to. Um, you shared that passage with Peter and, you know, Jesus after... You know, yeah. he came, do you love me? You know, and using that word and Peter couldn't say it. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to his credit. Exactly. He, I didn't, mean, he didn't lie. He didn't, he didn't he fake didn't, it. And, and Jesus didn't judge him. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah. after all this, you still can't, you know, agape me. Yeah. You know, he just, in fact, at the end, he says, Peter, do you phileo me? Yeah. And that's what really grieved Peter, I think, because he says, oh, man, you know all things. All right, you know that's where I'm at. That's that's the best I can give you right now, um, especially after what has just happened. What what I always uh, what always comes to mind when I hear that passage is, um, and you know, if church history and tradition is to be believed, if it's mm -hmm. real, then Peter really did agape Jesus because in yeah. the end he he was crucified. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like Jesus knew that. Yeah. You know, Jesus foresaw the love that was there that Peter didn't recognize, yeah. you know, which is again, very encouraging. Yeah. Right. For all of us. Cause we say, oh, I can't love like that. I yeah. can't do that. Again, we go back to mother Teresa. Oh man, I wonder if I'm doing anything right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, Oh man, if, she, if she's not, what am I doing? Right. Yeah. I mean, so we can get this understanding of feeling like I can't get it right. I don't have the ability to do that, but God sees the potential. Right. And so maybe what's having to happen is we're having to shake our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to love God and love others and to know God and allow whatever is shaken loose to fall and whatever is there to build on it, you know, to strengthen the things that remain and allow the things that, okay, maybe I have been making an idol out of my study and my knowledge and my books, right? I still have a garage full of books, right? I've got books. I do too. Yeah, that I'll never probably read <clears> again. <throat> and I, I, but I have a hard time letting them go for some reason. You know, it's just like, no, those are my books, you know? <laughs> they look good on the wall. And if I ever get a library, I'm going to put them on there. But, yeah, we can make an idol of those things. We do, yeah. That's why they're – I, I don't know. You know, there's there's been a couple of times <laughs> – Oh man, there's been a couple times I've gone through the books. I've gone through my books several times because I'm like, every time I'm like, well, I'm just going to drive them down, drop them off somewhere and donate them. And then I'll go through them and I'm like, 
And then I'll text the pastor that I know, hey, I have this and this and this. Do you want these? Sure, I'll take them. And they're still in my garage. I never, I've never <laughs> given them to the guy. <clears throat> so I don't know what, you know, it's totally, it's totally like what, I've just got to, you know, break this up. But, uh, but there's, there's also part of me that was like, man, these were expensive. <laughs> I, know. I have a fortune in books. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what else I had here. Um, I think one of the things that stood out to me just through the whole talk that you gave was the simplicity of this message that I think you even talked about the, the depth, the fathoming the depth of how much it affects us, you know, having an understanding of, Oh yes, we're supposed to love sacrificially and we're supposed to experience God this way. Sounds really easy, but man. Yeah. It's one of those things that will cut you to the quick when you just sit in it for a while. Um, How has that, because you mentioned that, how has that um, shaped you or how you kind of lean into these things? Well, I'm, I'm definitely on a journey like everyone else. Right. Um, I, uh, when I, when I read this, I knew, or when I, I guess when I picked this scripture to talk about, I knew it was because it had spoken to me when I was, um, when I was shaken and it's really the, the God is love, right? That's kind of where I was like, I want that. I want yeah. to just like grab onto that. But then the more I looked into it, like I said, the more I was like, this is like, this is, this costs us a lot. Yeah. Right. Like sacrificially loving one another. I'm, I've not accomplished that. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, because God is good and God is gracious. I, I have experienced God, even though I have not done the love thing mm-hmm. to the, to the extent that yeah. I need to, um, God shows up, you know what I mean? Because, he, because he is, yeah, That's, he's gracious. Yeah. But I just keep thinking like, like you said, like, man, if I'm loving at least, and at least now, now, um, this is on, this is on my, this is on my radar. This is definitely yeah. like what I think I need to, you know, as a, as an individual, I needed to be aware of that. I didn't know that that word love was agape in John. Hmm. I didn't know that before. I knew what Gnosko was and that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. <clears throat> but the more I learned about that, then it just like the, the way that makes sense to me now where, um, you know, if I, if I'm, if I look at a sea of people and not necessarily, necessarily folks at Genesis, but folks at Genesis too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my heart and my mind and my feelings and my emotions get stirred up. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is what, this is where I'm supposed to, this is where I'm supposed to live. And in doing that, then at some level, at some level, I am walking like Jesus walked Mm -hmm. because that's what he did. Yeah. And then I I would hope, and I've not done this to any Mm -hmm. 
level of expertise. <laughs> but I would hope that you see with new eyes yeah. the way that that love affects the world. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's the challenge, right? By this, they will know we are his disciples. Yeah. It's all like, again, yeah. I don't want to put it in a box, but like those things start to pop up and you go, oh, yeah. Like I've never connected these things before yeah. and now I make sense. Yeah. And, and you do see, you know, this kind of scarlet thread going through this, you know, in the life of Jesus, through the teachings of Jesus, through the actions of Jesus, and now into, you know, his releasing his disciples to the world, carrying on this message. And you see this idea of love being paramount, you know, and and this type of love being what is needed, you know, and again, it, it sounds so cliche, but it really is at the heart of the message. In fact, when Jesus says, I am the way, truth and life, I think this is what he's referring to, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when we say you believe in Jesus, it's more than just think about this person who existed, right? It, yeah. It's to trust all that this person did and said. And so his life is how life is to be. The things he taught are the truths that we're supposed to, you know, yeah. follow. And the way he lived is life itself. I think that that's really at the heart of this is that love. Um, and I think John saw that. And I, I think it's so cool to think too, that at, towards the end of John's life, right? When he's looking back, he says, I, I there's some things I got to say, Yeah, you know? And so these are some of the things he writes down. And I think that's powerful from the beloved, you know, to say, okay, I want to clear some things up or want to put some things down that make sure everyone understands. And yeah, the epistle is yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah, and and like that picture of John too, like isn't the last living disciple, and mm-hmm. probably seeing you know like <clears throat> you know Peter and Paul trying to clarify. Oh no, no, you guys got this wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and he's like, look, let's get to the main part here. Yeah, and I feel like that's what it, that's why that that resonates because you know wherever you are on your journey and. You're maybe asking questions or you, you may be reading books. And like I said, like, you know, oh, this book, this book, you know, changed my life. And then the next book was like, well, that's different than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you start to do those things and you're just yeah. like, what is happening? Like this, I feel like is like, this is go back to this. This is yeah. the basics and, and maybe recharge. Yeah. No. And that, that's. Again, that comes back to this place where, you know, I just want to blow the boxes up. You know, I just, I, I, let's face it, we will never understand God. Otherwise, whatever, if we think we've got it, we've got something much, much smaller, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, come on, just think about it. But the freedom then to read this and go, oh, wow, that's powerful. And then to read this and go, Huh. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. And to see that as kind of an evolution of just your interaction, right? I, I think, you know, you mentioned it with both Hawaii and I think with, you know, the whole idea of marrying someone. It's like you 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 know them, but you don't know all of them. 
right? And, and so how much more with God? Yeah. You know, you like, oh, yeah, okay. Now I know God. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I got a lot of knowing still to have take place. And then some of the truths, I mean, tell me how this has played with, out with you. Some of the truths I thought I learned when I went out into life and tried to implement them, they fell way short. I said, you know what? This isn't resonating anymore like I thought it would. Do you have any experiences like that? I mean, I can think of one specifically. But... Well, give me an example. So there was a time when I heard a teaching about using the Ten Commandments to share with people. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won't drop any names here. I don't <laughs> want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Um, but <laughs> there was a time when I felt like, oh, yeah, this makes a whole lot of sense. I'm going to do that. But when I started playing it out and trying to do it in the real world, I had a very different effect. Yeah. And it seemed like this is very counterintuitive. And then as I started, again, seeing things more and more in Scripture, I said, no, this isn't how Jesus did any of this. Right. Um, so there's things like that where I hear something or I learn something and they put a couple of scriptures together and they tie it up real pretty, you know, and put a little ribbon on it. And it's like, yeah, this is great package. But then when you start trying to live it out in your world, it starts falling apart. And it's like, man, this, this just didn't connect at all with so many of the people I tried to connect it to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, same, same, same book. <laughs> I did the same thing. And watch those videos and did, you know, try to yeah. do, and yeah, and, and it, uh, and it was, it was horrible. And, you know, it's funny, we're talking around this ministry or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but it's funny that you bring it up because just today I saw a video of a mom, a mad mom, um, who said, who said that she was at a 4th of July festival. And some man gave her seven-year-old son a million-dollar bill. And the son was super like, oh, I got a million-dollar bills. And then he started reading the back, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a track. It's, yeah. the one, it's what you're talking about. Yeah. So now seven-year-old son is like, I'm going to hell. You know what I mean? And it's not like a good repentance. It's not like what you want to happen. Now this kid is like traumatized because yeah. he's seven. And these are big words, but he's like the bottom line of what, what yeah. you're reading is – you're a bad person yeah, and you're going to hell. And he, that's as far as he got. Right. So now mom's like, I, I, mom's livid. <laughs> mom's looking for the guy handing out the million dollar bills. So yeah, you know? but uh, sorry, that was just a total side. <laughs> but I just saw that today and I was like, Oh man, I was like, I probably gave a million dollar bills out. <laughs> well, but those exactly, those are the kinds of things where, you know, you, you hear it and it's not like there isn't anything. I don't know. That you can't learn, but there's so much more to learn, and it happens when you start experiencing it, right? Mm -hmm. When you encounter the seven-year-old, and you say, what did I just do? Yeah. All right, why, I didn't mean to destroy a seven-year-old, right? Look at what I did to this mom. What are the chances of her hearing anything that I have to say? And where yeah. does this message of God is love play in her mind when I just you know, gave her son a track that makes him think he's yeah. going to hell? Right? All these things, you start just like you know, dancing in your mind and trying to put these pieces together. And, and so, suddenly the things that we learned that don't resonate in experiential world in communication with real people start to expose what isn't genuine and re requires you to look into what does. 
yeah. connect, right? And I think that that's something that the church has always had a hard time doing. The church, you know, collectively um, is not listening to a younger generation who's experienced the older Christians life and have seen discrepancies and don't want to believe in the God that their parents believed in because of these reasons. And we don't listen to what they're saying and we just keep trying to reinforce those reasons, right? Instead of hearing them say, well, you guys don't really love the way you say you love, yeah, right? Because look at these people, look at this. You say you love, but you don't care about my friend who's this or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't listen to what they've heard and recognize, okay, that did not resonate with them. Yeah. There's a, um, <clears throat> when I was in Bible college, every Wednesday we'd have a chapel meeting and there'd be a guest speaker and very short, you know, five, 10 minute message kind of thing. And this, this guy came one time. There's a couple of guys I really like because they were like, I never went to Bible college, but I'm going to, I'm here at your Bible college. To speak. And this is one of them, but he was, uh, he was a funny guy. He had just moved to California. Well, no, his story was, he was telling a story about when he first moved to California and him and his wife went to the Santa Monica promenade, mm -hmm. third street to evangelize. Right. And so great spot to pick to start. <laughs> right. But that's where they started. And he said that, uh, he, he was talking to a guy, a guy identified himself as a doctor and, you know, he, he went through the whole, are you a good person? Do you think you're a good person thing, right? That yeah. whole thing. And then, uh, he said the doctor just kept getting more and more angry with, as they, yeah. and, and he was, you know, practicing his apologetics. And finally the guy was just like, you know what, man, I don't want to talk to you. Just leave me alone. I'm trying to shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he said, so he went on to the, he was talking to the next person doing the same, the same shtick. And, he said within like 20 minutes, he looked over and he saw the doctor sitting on the curb, bawling his eyes out. And he said, and then I looked next to him and my wife was there with, with her arm around him. Hmm. And it, she was praying with him. Hmm. And, he, and he said on the way home, I was like, what did you say? That guy was hard. And she said, I just told him God loved him. <laughs> That's what he needed to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like all this, we think that we're outsmarting people <laughs> Yeah. by, by, uh, you know, learning the answers, I guess. And in the end, it's, it's love. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many times we miscommunicate what love is. You know, I, I've shared before about my friend in Wales who I posted something on one of the few times that I posted on social media, something about um, that it's foolish to think that you can find love without finding God or find love without God because God is love. I think it was something like that. And my friend responded, I left God and I found love. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, immediately my, you know, mind starts thinking how to respond, how to respond, how to respond. And I felt like the spirit revealed to me, well, if this passage is true, then whatever he left wasn't God. And so I just responded, then it's good you left. Right. Because, I knew a little bit about his history and I knew a little bit about what was presented to him and some of the things he heard, you know, uh, from a lot of the religions, religious Christians out there. Um, and so sometimes we have to step back and almost repent of what we've presented 
as love, like this, oh, I'm giving you this information in love. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then here's the wife just hugging the guy and saying, no, just God loves you, you know, and that's being what resonates, you know, to the person. And, and again, that goes back to what I know I've experienced. I remember sharing with the group when we were in Wales, a couple of guys, and we were like, they're talking about evolution and we're talking, we're, everyone's like just talking about all this stuff. And, <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And the end of like one of the weeks, we were there like for two weeks. And at the end of almost the second week, they just wanted to be with us. And they wanted to be Christians, not because we answered their questions, but just because we loved them. Right. They went with us to the beach. We cooked hot dogs or they call them bangers out there, <laughs> you know, and we just had a great time with them and just took them in as family. And that meant the world to them because they didn't have that where they were. And so, yeah, I want this. Right. It wasn't an answer to the questions about evolution. It wasn't right. an answer about what about this? Because those things will never satisfy anybody. Yeah. Maybe somebody, but, you know, no one I've known, it doesn't quench what the question really is. Yeah. And so I think, again, that goes back to, okay, I'm experiencing love from these people, right? And I have relationships with these people from, gosh, like 13 years ago still, right? Where they're, they're close to me because we experienced something together that was really profound and powerful um, to, I think, all of us that were there. And it was one of those things where, yeah, that was God showing up through our caring for these people, just loving them. The best we could, you know, and I don't know if it was quite agape, but it was trying for it, right? It was reaching for that, and it was seen, you know. What? Um, and that's that's the story. This is that's what. Yeah. That's that's what bringing the, the kingdom or or showing up, and you know, yeah. what I mean, like that's what it means. I I think maybe you know in wrapping up, I I just think that. Uh, and your story, when you said, you know, it wasn't quite agape, but, you know, mm-hmm. what I, what I want, what I hope resonates with, you know, all four people or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, what I hope resonates with wh- whoever was here on Sunday too, is that like, yeah, I, I, I know that maybe I haven't agapied anyone completely ever. Mm. And maybe nobody else has either. Maybe you have, I don't know, but I think just the idea is that we don't settle for mm-hmm. a handshake or a side hug. And we know now that this is the way forward. Yeah. I think that's what I hope we would all kind of grab onto. Yeah. I feel just being aware of that, it almost opens the door for it to pull you in. Right. And I think that's what I'm finding is that God's pulling me constantly towards more of who he is, right? Through all my journeys and all my changes and all my mental gymnastics or whatever, I feel like the spirit of God is always wooing me back to who he is and back to this central theme of, no, this is what's mat. This is what matters. This is who I am. This is who I want you to be. And this is how I want it to look, right? Always kind of pulling me up and, and lifting me into that higher love. Yeah. So, I mean, thanks, Randy. Again, thank you. Great. I didn't get any questions. Just Juan Pollo Rice rules. So <laughs> I'll definitely bring that Friday. Um, thanks, Gil, and whoever else is watching out there. Um, again, hope to see you guys Sunday. Hope to see you Friday at the potluck. Um, be 
great to connect with each other. I know Ben's going to bring some canopies out there. We're going to have some chairs and lots of food. So hopefully you guys can join us and we'll see you there. Love you guys. Take care. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.